Hello everybody, Mike Galtieri here, uh, back once again, and we're excited to introduce a new segment here today. I'm going to call it the Minutes with Mute, as we're joined by Scott Mutrum, you know him, former Boston College quarterback, who was on the podcast recently, the BC IMG sideline reporter for football games. Scott, thanks for taking five minutes here to join us. Mike, happy to be here. Anything, uh, anything to help you out, you're doing a great job, you've uh done a bunch of good uh good stuff lately your your recent one on zach allen was great i listened to it the other day you're doing a great job oh thanks a lot thanks a lot all right scott let's just let's just get into the game uh central michigan first uh, first of all let me just get your general thoughts well you know i think the biggest difference in that game was michael walker uh michael walker tilted the field for bc made it a lot easier uh for the offense to kind of get some positive plays going in their direction the ability to start in your opponent's territory makes uh, the job of the offense so much easier. You don't have to have long, sustained drives. The longer your drives go, the tendency you will have um, some mental errors or some penalties or things go against you. So the ability to shorten the field and Michael Walker doing that really helped BC's offense kind of find a nice rhythm, especially the offensive line. And then, of course, you look at the other side of the ball, uh, rush, the rushing game offensive line that helped that out a lot. A.J. Dillon, John Hilleman. John Hilleman had three TDs. I think A.J. Dillon went over 100 yards rushing. Just your thoughts on, their, on the whole rushing game. Well, both, both those guys did a tremendous job uh, running the football, really getting their pads squared on the line of scrimmage. And if you watch these two guys, um, they're bigger, more punishing runners. And what you need to see from those types of runners is they're not the scat-back type. So what they need to do is when they get their shoulders square to the line of scrimmage and they're decisive in their cuts and attacking the hole, they're really tough to stop. They run well when their pads are underneath them, and they're tough for one guy to bring down. You saw a lot of runs with A.J. Dillon that the first guy didn't bring him down. It takes two three guys. John Hillman was able to break a couple tackles as well. And a lot of that credit should go to the offensive line because for the first time really this year, you got to see that offensive line establishing a point of attack and getting to that second level, able for you know the, the line to get to those linebackers and create some creases uh, for A.J. and John to exploit. And then on the other side, uh, uh, the quarterback play, your former quarterback yourself, how did you grade out Anthony Brown on Saturday? You know, Anthony, A.B. did a good job. He, he managed the game. He made some throws. They really kind of put the game plan uh, simplified some stuff, a lot of throws outside the numbers. He seems so far to be very comfortable with those throws outside the numbers. Um, I like to see more starter throws, meaning uh, those easy bootleg passes to the tight ends, some slants and hitches to the perimeter to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. I'd like to see uh, Michael Walker and Jeff Smith and Thad Smith get and Benny Glines get the, get the ball in the perimeter a little more, let them use their size and speed to make some plays once they get the ball in their hands. He, they really limited a lot of his exposure, tried to keep him out of a lot of tough situations. Third and longs, as I've talked about, are traditionally tough for young quarterbacks. So the more you keep him out of those situations, uh, the better off he's going to perform. You know, it sounds good. Uh, post-game press conference, though, Anthony Brown, Coach Adazio said, was actually suffered from a little bit of a soldier, so, excuse me, soldier injury and was hurt during that game. It didn't really mean you didn't realize it at the time. Well, he, he was actually hurt the week before versus Clemson and yep. didn't practice much last week. So that's why they said they really kind of limited the game plan, took a lot of that out of his, uh, a lot of his hands because he didn't practice a lot with his sore shoulder. But, you know, once the adrenaline starts going, it's really 
you know, you're really out there just playing football and playing for your guys in the huddle. And he did a really good job of doing that. So I was really happy with, with the way in which he performed. And A.J. Dillon, too, Coach Adazi said this week should be okay to go against Virginia Tech. Uh, just quickly, Mute, uh, what about the uh, defensive side against CMU, and what can we expect as they head to Virginia Tech next weekend? You know, I'm glad that you asked me about the D. I, you know, mostly Pete talks about this stuff uh, on the defense, but my thoughts on the defense are you, they need to be disruptive. They need to do a lot of things where they're – they're creating, um, you know, kind of what I call splash plays or creating havoc plays. And those plays include, you know, TFLs, tackles for losses, sacks, fumble, fumble recoveries, interceptions. And you weren't seeing a lot of that in the first couple games. But, you know, Clemson game, you get a couple picks, you get a bunch of TFLs, and then against Central Michigan, they really didn't allow Central Michigan to push the ball down the field. Central Michigan, all their passing was short, quick stuff to the perimeter, they were afraid to drop back because they knew BC could get to the quarterback with a four-man rush. And Zach Allen and, and, and Harold Landry were absolutely phenomenal rushing the quarterback, uh, really making Shane Morris kind of struggle with a lot of things and have a, and have a tough time uh, really finding some comfort level in a comfort zone throwing the football defense. For BC to be successful this year, the defense is going to have to create havoc plays. They're going to have to turn people over. They're going to have to tilt the field, whether they're in um, – whether it's with turnovers or big plays so that people have to punt from deep in their territory. But if they can do that, then, uh, then they'll, be, they'll be successful, and, and that will help make it, make it easier for this young offense where a lot of young skill players, uh, you can take a little burden of that by shrinking the field for them. So now BC going against Virginia Tech at home Saturday night. BC is a double-digit underdog according to Vegas. Uh, what's your just general thoughts? What are the keys for BC uh, to get a W here and improve to three and three on the year? Well, they're going to have to create some. They're going to have to create some turnovers or special plays on defense or in the special teams game. Uh, you're going to find Virginia Tech has traditionally been very strong in special teams uh, for all the way back from when Frank Beamer was coaching them. Um, if Michael Walker can have a couple big returns again um, and have the ability to to tilt the field in BC's offensive, uh, you know, favor, that will really help them a lot. I think defensively, you know, they're starting to get their legs under them. You're seeing a lot more Harold Landry out there. You're seeing a lot of different blitzes from Coach Reed. Um, th- those are things that are going to give Virginia Tech something to think about. Uh, stout on third down. I, I, I say the two biggest things for me defensively, you got to win the third down battle and you got to create turnovers. If they can keep people off the, get people off the field on third down and create some turnovers on defense, that'll help the offense. Now, offensively, I'm going to say Anthony Brown's going to need to have a big game. Virginia Tech's going to make AB have to throw the ball to win the game. So hopefully he gets a week of practice underneath his belt, gets some comfort level with some, you know, with some rhythm with his wide receivers. And they create a couple good, uh, you know, good plays. Coach Leffler has done a good job putting them in good situations. He's coached at Virginia Tech before, so he knows what to expect from Bud Foster's defense. That's a tough defense. Uh, from playing against him, it feels like you're playing against 12 or 13 guys. But you get an opportunity to make some plays. They need to take advantage of them. Three to five plays are the difference in every game in, in football. And if offensively BC can capitalize on those three to five plays at home, you know, at night on Saturday – they have a chance to win this ballgame. Well, it's always fun to have a Saturday night home game uh, in Chestnut Hill, so it should be a good one. Uh, it should be a good game. Look forward to it. Uh, I'm sure the crowd will be properly uh, excited for the game. Hopefully we get a lot of people in there re- uh, ready and excited to go. And then last oh, question. Weekend, 
you got Hall of Fame weekend, so everyone's going to be honoring Coach O'Brien and two of my uh, two former teammates of mine, Danny Copen and uh, Eric Storrs. Very excited for those guys to get in the Hall of Fame. So a lot of excitement on campus this weekend. Hopefully, it can translate to the field. Yeah, that, that's a really that's a really good honor for those guys. No question about it. All right, last question. We're in October now. I know you're from Ohio, big Cleveland Indians fan. What do you think? Who's going to play the Indians, and how is the first round going to play out here in the baseball playoffs? Oh, I am I am an eternal negativeness when it comes to, to Cleveland sports teams, especially my Indians. Um, I gave up on the Browns a long, long time ago. Uh, probably in the '90s when they left, I left with them. So for the Indians, it's uh, they got a good chance. They got a really strong pitching staff. They're healthy. Their lineup is pretty deep. But anything can happen in October. I imagine the Yankees. Uh, you know, come out of uh, tonight's playoff game against the Twins, and I imagine uh, the Indians are going to be playing in New York, uh, playing New York in this first round. And then, uh, the, you know, the Astros and the, and the Red Sox are really, really tough. That's going to be a heck of a series. Um, if the Indians can stay healthy and then get some big clutch hits, hopefully they can finish off what they did, uh, you know, what they got to versus the Cubs last year. I went to game six when they lost, so I'm going to closely – not watch, watch, and cross my fingers, and hopefully when I wake up, I'll you know my hometown will end up getting a, a World Series title that they haven't had since 1948 when my mother was born. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey, October is a great time of the year. Thanks so much for joining us here, and hopefully, Scott, we can turn it into a weekly thing. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Great times. Go, uh, go Eagles versus VTech. Beat those Hokies. <laughs>